Are you interested in learning more about how EOS can help you run a better business, become a better leader, and live a better life? Stay tuned for more on all the ways you can level up on your journey to EOS Mastery. It's important for your fractional, anybody in the organization, even the cleaning lady, anybody, it's important for that person to have the same value. Obviously, if you're going to bring on a fractional anything, an integrated role, they need to have the right values, and they need to understand the vision, the right vision. I had a pleasure of Chris, and she did that with me and for us so, so much. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Rocket Fuel Podcast, where visionary and integrator duos from entrepreneurial companies share a behind-the-scenes look at their relationship. These amazing leaders blend their unique skills to create Rocket Fuel. I'm your host, Mark C. Winters, co-author of Rocket Fuel and an expert EOS implementer. Today, I'm excited to welcome Moshe Mendelwitz and Chris Beer of Best Mechanical and Quicks Plumbing Services, Inc., a sprinkler and plumbing company whose services encompass the entire project lifecycle, from conception to design to installation. Moshe Mendelwitz is the co-founder, CEO, and visionary of Best Mechanical and Quicks Plumbing Services, and Chris works as their remote fractional integrator. In this episode, Moshe and Chris discuss the challenges that come from a visionary integrator relationship that works remotely and fractionally while still being heavily involved in day-to-day operations and same-page meetings. We're starting the show with Moshe sharing the history of how he and Chris first began working together and how she initially said no. Let's hop in. At a time, I was also in communication with Culture Index, and they were like, so they all were taking assessments one after the other. And Chris right. was the only match. And so I reached out to her and she was like, want to be integrated? She's like, nah, I have some other stuff going on right now. I can't. So, and I continued looking, looking for a month or two, maybe three months later, reached out to her. Look, we got to talk. She didn't want to talk to me. She said, we got to talk. We're going to speak. And that's what's going to happen. So, okay, fine. We got into a Zoom. And from there on, it was just smooth. I mean, we clicked right away. It was super chemistry from the beginning. And... This is now a year later now. Wow. So Moshi, from your perspective, you know, you saw a right fit in terms of the culture index profile. So you wanted right fit. You weren't willing to take somebody that wasn't. So a lot of persistence on your part. So Chris, what was going on in your world that made you say no and kind of really give him the stiff arm in terms of even having a conversation? <laughs> well, one, I'm really glad that Moshi kind of slid into my LinkedIn DM and gave me that opportunity to get to know him. But at the same time, I was kind of wrapping my head around how am I going to pull this off by one, you know, serving him fractionally and then remotely. And it was just something that I wasn't sure that I could do at the time. But once we connected and spoke, I definitely knew it was the right fit. So at that point, had you done a fractional integration before or not? Was that your first one? I had done one before, but it was with a company that was in software. It was a different subject matter. And I didn't have any experience with plumbing and wasn't sure if this was something that I could do well. But I did know EOS tools inside and out. Yeah, so and that's what I could bring to the company. So, so let's kind of crack that open because there's a lot of things going on for our listeners. So Chris is a fractional integrator. Okay, so mm-hmm. really what that means is that she's not engaged full-time. You know, she's there less than, you know, five days a week or, you know, whatever you want to consider full-time. And in this instance, she's also engaged remotely. So Chris, physically, you're located where? Chicago. Chicago. And most of you, obviously, you're in Brooklyn. So you've got that kind of thing going on. So let's break a couple of different things apart in terms of what that looks like, how it works. So... Number one, you're familiar with EOS tools. You mentioned that, but talk about how you work with an EOS implementer. Sure thing. So 
I have a very different skill set than an EOS implementer. So while an implementer is leading this, you know, the rollout of the EOS tools, teaching the EOS tools and gathering teams together on a quarterly basis to identify, you know, these are our goals and these are the steps or rocks we're going to take to get there. Right. I'm the one, I'm kind of the grind. I'm the day-to-day steady drumbeat of keeping those steps moving forward, keeping EOS purity and really just carving out and modeling what that seat should look like if and when someone steps into it, either someone internally moves up into the seat or whether they hire someone full-time for the role. So Moshe, you've got an EOS implementer, right? Yeah. And that's Svi Schwartz, right? Yeah. And he is absolute stud, rock star. Love him. Love him. You're very fortunate, Moshe, you are. And so talk about how your EOS implementer was kind of part of the process of figuring out, hey, you know, let's go get an, an integrator, even if it's a fractional integrator to start. So what did Svi tell you, Moshi, in terms of what you should do there? So it started four years ago when I reached out to, to a mutual friend. I was struggling very, I was, we were struggling so much, I can't even describe it. And I had no idea. I'm, I didn't even graduate anything. I can't even describe the levels of graduation because I didn't even go through that. So I didn't know anything about business. I know about hustling. That's all I know. But as my business grew, and I at the time I had like 200 plus employees, I had no idea how to manage them. And obviously I was losing money just by, the, by waking up in the morning. So someone introduced me to TV. He showed me the 90. I was sold because the accountability was just so glaring to me. So one year, two years, and then I realized I am the special one. I'm the visionary integrator. I can do it all, of course. Right, and I even convinced myself reading the book, took the test, made answer the questions so that I can even score good. Like I was the <laughs> creator, sure. Years later, and at, like I think in year three, Sui is like, "What are you doing? Just hire a F an integrator already." And I said, "I don't know. I can't. I this or that. Whatever." We never actually did, but at some point, I realized that she kept on pushing me right. that I have to do it. That's when I. This whole thing with Sumit started and Culture Index and with Chris. But what I didn't know at the time, but what I do know now, it's very important to stay this. I integrate has two jobs. Ultimately, there's two major roles. There is the LMA, like keeping accountability on the leaders and even one step below sometimes that they're doing their jobs. And they're on track with rocks and they, the scorecards is green or red. But that's one job. And another job is owning the business, which is like there was a, in the US conference, someone uh, showed this, uh, one of the keynotes had this picture up where he's like, someone is like camping or going on a tour and he's like, oh, my integrator got it, right? Like owning all the issues and the, all the day-to-day. So those are the two jobs from an integrator. A fractional integrator is going to be focused mostly on the first half. Mm. Making sure, giving you structure, giving you, telling you what you need to do, get a buffer for the integrator, for the visionary walking into the office. I remember walking into the office every day, coming up with a new idea, and whoever was not super busy, I stopped and explained <laughs> the idea. And like they saw me walking into the door, they all went like this, like into the computer. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I'm not listening to you today. Right. It was yeah. like, so today, Chris gets that pleasure, but at least. It's structured. We have a separate time, two hours every week that we go through this stuff. And all It's the best two hours of the week. True. All throughout the night. Yes. <laughs> anytime I message her at this position, because 
I'm not even adding stuff to my own issues list. Like this is how not a a follow through person I am thinking that I was. But the ultimate point was a fractional integrator or any integrator will bring super, super consistency and structure to the leadership team and to everything else. So I want to come back. Obviously, it's had a big impact on your business and your life. I want to come back to that. Before we go there, I want to kind of hear, again, talking about this fractional integrator relationship with the EOS implementer. So Moshe, you talked about how Svi kind of helped you, sort of nudged you or shoved you or however you want to describe it to get the ball rolling and, and make a move. And so Chris, as you've engaged, do you have interaction with their EOS implementer? If you do, what does that look like? Yes, absolutely. Because he's a trusted party who's, you know, knows the business so intimately and also is not in the day to day. So we can, while Moshi and I are in the day to day battles, we can sometimes get a little bit lost from where we wanted to go with the vision, even though we may have just had that quarterly or the annual a month ago. There's a lot that happens in the day to day that gets you off. So it's wonderful. And I happen to think that it's an absolute must to have that implementer as the resource to keep this duo on track. Love that. Love that. So let's talk about the just kind of the day-to-day. So you're into this relationship and you're remote, so you're not physically in the same place. So talk about how you, you know, we talk about keeping the circles connected, right? In terms of Mm -hmm. our communication with our people at various levels. So how do you do that? How does that work? A lot of people are like, well, gee, I don't know how we can do this remotely. How do you make that work remotely? What's the key? I think it's one, it's a striking the balance of remote and in-person. I am a firm believer in doing quarterlies, annuals, and quarterly conversations in person. Okay. There's something to that, you know, being face-to-face for that. And also just proving that you will be there. So the follow-through, do what you say you're going to do. And as you come in and you prove that you are truly that buffer who is hearing and distilling what you're thinking and then kind of protecting them from, lack of a better word, protecting them from kind of that eruption of ideas from the visionary, you gain trust pretty quickly. Moshi, what about from your perspective? So obviously you'd probably rather have Chris there all the time, right? But what's the key for making it work remotely where you can be comfortable knowing that she's not physically there? So a year ago, before she started, we didn't do any remote work. But we did some stuff like over COVID to the hype of COVID. We did some some remote like level 10s and stuff. But that's it. That was the only thing. And after the few months of when it was super hype, then it's all back, right back in person. I'm a feel, touch, see, smell type of person. But it was an adjustment, but it was a good one. So to Chris's credit, she was always there. She had this way about her to earn trust from everyone. And that's one of our core values as well. But she really exemplified that. She was there. There was never excuses in more than the being remote and not remote. She was always available. So even though she's fractional, we didn't feel like she's fractional. We knew that Mondays and Thursdays will be the main days she's going to work for us. But Tuesdays, Wednesdays, we had to push off a meeting. It was never once in 12 months I've heard, it's not my time, not my place, not my too much time, too little time. None of that type of conversation which really gave us the trust in people like a month ago. So I'm not sure if Chris told you, but we already hired a new full-time integrator. So we made the transition 
into a full-time integrated. Yeah, so, so let's talk about that. So you know, one of the patterns I see a lot is somebody, Moshi, like you, thinks they're Superman, they can do it all. And so they eventually kind of somebody nudges them or the light bulb comes on for themselves and they're like, you know what, actually, maybe I could give up this integrator seat and put somebody else in there to help. And so they do it, but they're not ready to hire somebody full-time. They see the size of the investment. They're not convinced it'll work, whatever. And so they sort of dip their toe in the water with some sort of a fractional integrator to start maybe a day, maybe sometimes, you know, less than a day. You know, it sounds like you guys start off at a couple of days a week. And then they see it sort of proves out and they're like, wow, this is helpful. This is different. And so then their appetite sort of grows and they want more and they move into either more days per week or hiring somebody full-time. Sometimes the fractional engagement is, it's kind of like dating and the relationship with that fractional integrator is very good and they just expand that. So talk to me, Moshi, about your experience with that. When did you feel like, you know what, we need more. I want more. I want somebody full-time. So it's super interesting because a part of our engagement was that she will replace herself and she will leave the position better than we found it, which there was no position before she found it. So anything she would do would be better. But, but <laughs> Slam yeah, dunk. Yeah. It's a layup. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was part of the agreement that we had. After the EOS conference, this year's EOS conference, I was so inspired in the right people, right seats, etc. Someone mentioned this guy to me, his name is Michael, and it's prior to the conference. And I told him, uh, okay, we'll meet after. So when I met him after the conference for the first time, and we started talking, and I realized because I knew the roadmap of the seat so well, because I know what Chris is doing, and I understand so much the first part of the integrator, owning the responsibilities of the racks, scorecards, and the consistency of it, it was so clear to me what I need and what I have and what I need. Mm. So when I interviewed him or when I spoke to him, I realized that he would be the perfect fit for my company. And I would have never known this before. If I would have met him a year ago, I wouldn't have looked at him twice. It would have been, okay, good, nice meeting you, have a nice life. Now, because of with having an integrator and who gave me, in my head, the word rock comes in, right? Because it's structured out my entire life. It's right. structured my, don't talk about this now, we'll deal this with us in our same thing. Like, how many times in level 10, you're on a rant, you're on a rant, stop, 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 just stop. <laughs> like, and it completely gave us so much foundation to the company. Yeah, a lot of times this pattern, I describe it to people as it's like you sort of discover this new muscle that you've got and you begin slowly to exercise it and then use it. And it happens, you know, not just with integrated role, but even sometimes like an assistant. Some people have never had an assistant before. Yeah. And so just getting a part-time assistant and letting them do a little bit of stuff that then you find, wow, that's pretty helpful. And then it's like, okay, let me put all this stuff over there. And, you know, same thing, integrate on a much larger scale. As you exercise that muscle, Moshi, and you realize that structure and it's helpful and you feel that, you know, you understand what you need, what you want, and you can begin to be active in going after it. So Chris, from your perspective, you know, people have to be thinking, well, wow, you know, fractional integrator goes and gets an engagement. And then, you know, basically the objective of the engagement is to work yourself out of a gig. Talk to me through the psychology and just kind of how you view that and your role in that and how that works from your side. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I see it as an opportunity because I get to go into a company that is growth minded, but they're not quite sure how to get there. And so Perhaps they've tried filling the integrator seat or they have the visionary sitting in the integrator seat and they need someone to come in and carve out that spot and not only define what it is, but model it not only for the visionary, 
but for the whole organization. And once the group gets used to it, and through that time together, we're clearly defining the accountability chart, we're right person, right seating, we're just bringing in all of the day-to-day use of the EOS tools. Then you start to get that feeling of like, wow, these people can, they can ride the bike without me. And it's a sad feeling, but it's also a great feeling because you know that they're moving on to something even better. And like Moshe said, something that they couldn't necessarily hire for a year, 12, 18 months before because they didn't know exactly what it was. And the team perhaps wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So again, all that learning and getting the context and the structure so that you can really go after what you want. So Moshe, did you ever think about, well, gee, why don't I just get Chris full time? So we did, and she made that pretty clear that it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, she said, so I knew my persuasive personality. And when I hired her in the first place, I figured if she works out after a while, I'm going to make sure that she'll move down to New York. I mean, she'll work for me. <laughs> but after getting to know her so well and truly like gotten to know each other so well, I don't yeah. even want that for her. Like yeah. I want for her what she wants, and she's so great. The funny thing, like, People I've asked me about it and I've told some people about my new hire, my integrator, and they're like, two of my friends retained Chris already. I mean, when you have a person who is all in, right, the values match and she doesn't uh, power pinch you and she's just all in for the cause, not for the money. Obviously, compensation is there, but the value and the vision is there. That's really the case here. And that's why we were so successful. It's important. There's two points I want to make. One, it's important for your fractional Anybody in the organization, even the cleaning lady, anybody, it's important for that person to have the same value. Obviously, if you're going to bring on a fractional anything, an integrated role, they need to have the right values and they need to understand the vision, the right vision. I had the pleasure of Chris and she did that with me and for us so, so much. So that's number one. Number two, back to your point, like you said, that I strengthened my muscle of letting go of the vine, which was first, I was the... I mean, we ran on EOS Pure even before Chris, meaning our level 10 meetings was so pure. I was the one running everything. Pure, it was rocks. It was just everything, right? Scorecards, to do's, the language. If someone said goals instead of rocks, it was an issue, right? right. I remember during one of our many dates before we committed to this engagement <laughs> and you were saying, well, great, you know, what are you going to do for me if you get here? And I said, well, I'm going to enforce EOS Purity. You're like, we are 110%. Like, we cannot, you cannot get more EOS pure than us. And it's true. I mean, the whole team is bought into it and really wants to move forward on the system, which is a huge part of the success. Chris, really what you said was, I'm going to teach you EOS tools. And I said, you're not going (laughs) to. That's that's what you told me. But now we had someone executing all that stuff, holding people accountable, the LMA factor, which I was never going to do. But while exercising that muscle, I now am ready and understand the need for someone to come in and owning the day-to-day of the trade, owning, building systems and processes that we have worked together for a year, putting them together, but now executing them, and etc. How many times have you tried to document processes, taking months to get it done? carrying process rocks over quarter after quarter, not ever finishing. It can be difficult to get started with step two of the three-step process documenter. So get started right away with Whale, the go-to platform to identify, document, and package processes all the way to followed by all. Whale, the fastest way to get your team aligned. 
Start for free at usewhale.io. Yeah, so several things I want to unpack there. So first, I think it's, you know, I love that, Moshe, you know, you start off from a perspective of, I'm so persuasive, I can convince anybody to do anything, right? Move here, whatever. And then you evolve to a place where you have a relationship where you really care about what's best for your partner in this. And so you want what's best for each other. That's really cool. Chris, you know, on your side, it's kind of the ability to say no, you know, is a superpower of integrators a lot of times. And it's not always a no. A lot of times it's a yes, if just mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, paint the picture so the visionary can kind of process and, okay, we could do it, but here's the other, here's the rest of the story that sometimes they don't see as well. Really credit again to your EOS implementer, Svi, to have you guys solid on the tools already, you know, very pure and bringing yes. that all together. So that's really all powerful stuff. A uh, couple more questions I'm curious about. So one, Chris, you mentioned in the beginning, not my industry, hadn't worked here before. So did you find that was a big obstacle? If so, how did you overcome it? I found that it was, what do you call it? Head trash. You know, something you tell yourself and is not necessarily the truth. And you could have two sides of having industry knowledge. One, it could get you off and running quicker, but it can also have you entering into the engagement with some biases. So what this forced me to do is ask questions and ask lots of questions. And through asking lots of questions, it's a vehicle for learning to communicate with the team, gaining trust from the team, and then also allowing the team to share what they're really good at and what they know. Right. I think some people are concerned that if they aren't experts in the in the operations, kind of the nuts and bolts of that specific industry, that the people that are there are going to be able to somehow to get mm-hmm. one over on them and kind of take advantage of them because they're not aware. How did you make sure that wasn't happening? Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, any business, you know, comes down to finance, operations, marketing, sales. The basic tenets of those are the same, no matter where you go. So knowing the basic structure in place, asking enough questions, and then, I mean being able to sniff out BS if there is any. There wasn't any on this team. But again, just asking questions and asking clarifying questions and and looking for more. I'm going to go back to my two-part, two jobs of an integrator. That is the one job is LMA, right? And the other Mm -hmm. job is owning the responsibilities of the day-to-day. Not knowing at a time that she will not be owning the responsibilities on the day-to-day, even though I intended for her to do so, it was just not even a possibility, right? But she came in, she understood the vision or she learned the vision and she bought in, had the core values, right? Had also the tools with Culture Index to be able to do the job. So it was such a seamless fit. It was the missing piece of the puzzle where she started leading, people followed. Like, what's the one thing you need as a leader, right? You need followers. So she came in, the position was clear in the company that she was needed. So she was an upstanding citizen, right? She came in, she earned her trust. She did what she had to do. So it was a super seamless addition to the team. And then with time, it evolved that she's not a subject expert in operations or in finance or in sales and marketing. We had people in those positions. And if not, she helped filling out those people. But she didn't need to know, and she didn't feel the need to say, I have the answers because she was a facilitator the entire time. It yeah. was me with my team together, and she was basically facilitating, leading, managing, cutting out bullshit. And stuff yeah. like so. The skill is asking questions and, and truly listening 
to the answers, right? And being able to, you know, it's the interpersonal skill of, it's not necessarily the technical content of the response, but it's the, everything else around that, right? You can learn a lot. So Moshi, if I'm understanding you correctly, you would not, you didn't, and you really don't have any hesitation about somebody, if they have the right skills and capabilities, bringing somebody that's not an industry expert into this kind of role, you don't think that's an issue? No. So in a fractional sense, it's almost better that okay. they don't have the industry knowledge. Okay. Because like Chris, we, there's so much resources that she has, right? She goes to all these places where she has connection to resources. You need a finance expert, I got you. You need a operations expert, sales, marketing, whatever. So there's so many experts that she's connected to that resources she brought to our company and one of them was, uh, no, some people before that, but so many, like culture and everybody, so many like that tools and crutches of stuff to help us out. So she comes with business knowledge, not necessarily industry knowledge, but I don't need her to have industry knowledge. I have the industry knowledge. My team has industry mm-hmm. knowledge. We have 200 people with industry knowledge. We don't need the facilitator to have the industry knowledge, right? But that was, again, did I answer your question? You, I, you, you did. And then my follow-on is, so your full-time integrator that you're bringing oh, on, okay. Michael, are they from the industry or not? No, also not from the industry. This was more of a long-term, with Michael, he is a long-term hire. So we're thinking five, 10 years minimum. So he hits all the boxes in, initially. He has a ton of COO experience, not I'm using the word COO because he never operated under in a EOS brand company. Right. But he's obviously fully on board and already read traction and rocket fuel. And we had him prior to this meeting. Now we sat in the same page meeting, all three of us, because even though he's not on board, but he wants to join meetings, he's just eager to learn and eager to get his feet wet starting next month. He'll learn the industry pretty quickly. Right. I'm not worried about that. So you mentioned same page meeting. So let's, we haven't talked about that. So talk to me about what your and Chris's same page meeting looks like. How often, how long, where do you do it? How does it work? You know, who drives it? So Chris drives it. I mean, she drives everything. It used to be an hour and a half and we just never really done anything. The one day she comes back and she says, I went to my group and I blah, blah, blah. And someone said you should do it two hours. It was the best decision of our lives. It gives us two hours a week. It's the best two hours of the week. We discuss everything. And when I'm talking about everything, I'm talking everything and even our own positions. Like there's nothing that doesn't go onto that issues list. So all throughout the week, we would just dump issues in there and then we just start going. And some weeks we do five issues and some weeks we do 15. It depends on what the issues are. And I think today we only did like four, but there's all people issues, budget issues or RPRS issues or decisions that we need to make, comparisons. I like to have my comparisons, everything. Everything goes in there. Right. So, Chris, Moshi said that you went to your group. What group did you go to? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a very active member of Integrator Mastery Forum. So, it's a group of integrators who are very dedicated to being better at what they do. And so, we meet once a month virtually and once a quarter in person. And it becomes almost a supervision slash therapy session, we're able to bring issues that we're coming up against. And so I brought exactly that. I said, hey, we're having these same page meetings. We're getting just into the good issues. And then it kind of stops. How can we get a little more bang for the buck? But at the same time, knowing that I am fractional. And so how do I balance time? And so just a simple tweak we made, I think just really lit that time on fire. 
whether we're in a good mood or not, I start everyone off with, you know, this is the best two hours of the week. And by the end of it, I think that we do feel that way. Yeah, the common theme that we see again and again is growth, right? Businesses are growing and changing. Visionaries are growing and changing. Integrators got to grow and change to continue to master their craft and be able to provide, you know, that value that Moshi, you're living, you're feeling, you're experiencing and even committing further to. So I love seeing that. So we're coming to the end of our time here. I want to give you an opportunity if somebody wants to learn more about either of you or more about your business, what's the best way for them to get in touch? I mean, I would say... uh... Reach out to Chris. <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know. I don't even know uh, how someone could reach me. I guess my email or my LinkedIn. So my business is called Wizard of Ops. And I am very active on LinkedIn. So give me a follow there or connect with me. Or you can also find me at wizardofops.net. Great. And then uh, Moshi's business, Best Mechanical Services in Brooklyn, New York. And so I have so much gratitude and appreciation for both of you, Moshi and Chris. I know that there's something that you've shared that we've talked about today that's going to help somebody, right? So they're a visionary or an integrator, or maybe they're just kind of figuring out that's what they are, wherever they are in their journey, right? It's learning those things that can help you move along a little bit faster, a little bit further, and maybe with a little less pain, right? We all go through our painful points as we... That is really one thing I admire about Moshi's so abundance mindset and in terms of one, helping me find my new positions, but then also helping other visionaries realize the better path to get to having a full-time integrator. And again, just helping each other through this. So I hope that people get some nuggets from this podcast and also talking to us. That is the idea. And so, you know, to our listeners, I want to thank you for listening. And if you have gotten some value, if there's something good here, you think this is helpful, if you'll please leave us a review, that helps other people find out about us. And hopefully we can help them a little bit. Just like Chris said, we're all trying to just kind of help each other. And I'm a huge fan of the entrepreneur. And I think that entrepreneurs make all the difference. And so if we can just kind of help move that project along for some others, that's a big deal. All right. Well, that was a great conversation with Chris and Moshi there. And again, you know, we talk about all the answers are in the tools. And so I want to kind of bring that one back to the Rocket Fuel Toolbox a little bit and clarify a couple of things, add a little context to a few things. So one of the things that you heard Moshi mentioned several times was LMA as one of the key responsibilities of the integrator. And so just to clarify, LMA is an acronym for Leadership, Management, and Accountability. And we believe that accountability isn't some kind of a magical switch that you throw, but it's really driven from being a great leader and a great manager. And so we get into in EOS some specific things that it takes for somebody to be a great leader and to be a great manager and to provide that LMA for all of their direct reports. And a lot of times what you will find is people have too many direct reports. They can't effectively do that for all of them. Some people, frankly, are better at LMA than others. But anybody in your accountability chart that has somebody reporting to them directly, they need to be strong at LMA. And your integrator, where they sit on the accountability chart, they arguably have to be the very best of anybody at LMA. They need to be the shining example that gets set out for the organization for how to be really great. And everybody looks at how they do it and they're like, ah, that's the standard I've got to live up to. So being great at LMA. Moshi also mentioned RPRS. So if somebody doesn't know what that means, RPRS, another acronym, right people, right seat. Right people means that they fit your core values. We want everybody in the organization to be a fit with our core values. And right seat 
means that for whatever seat they sit in, in the accountability chart, they are a great fit for that. So it's the right seat for them. And we have another acronym called GWC that means that they get, want, and have the capacity for that seat. So think about gets it as being intrinsically wired to do the kind of stuff that's called for in that particular seat. Wants it is pretty straightforward. It means that, yeah, of all the different seats on this accountability chart, that's actually the one that they want to be in. Sometimes they want to be at one higher. Sometimes they want to be in one over here, over there, or somewhere else. And so that's fine. We just want to know that. We don't want that to be a secret. We want to make that visible. We can have a good conversation about it. Maybe it's an opportunity for them to grow into it. But what we don't want is for them to be sitting in a seat they don't want to sit in and we don't even realize it. They're not going to be happy and it's probably not going to last very long. It's probably not going to be very effective. And then the last part of GWC is capacity. So that's the experience, training, education, expertise, the battery power, the bandwidth, all the traditional capability kinds of things that someone needs to perform a set of responsibilities at the level we need them performed. So that's really where the performance and the metrics that go along with that come into play. So if they are truly yes on GWC, all three of those for a seat, we say that is a right seat. If they fit our core values, we say that is a right person and together it's a right person, right seat. We want every seat in our accountability chart filled with somebody that is a right person, right seat. Uh, another tool that was mentioned there towards the end was the same page meeting. And you got into a little discussion or a little understanding of how they do theirs. Again, this is such a important prescription from you know the rocket fuel perspective on how to be a really strong visionary integrator duo. And in fact, one of our five rules is you got to stay on the same page. And so the same page meeting says that, you know what? At least once a month, the visionary and the integrator get together, lock themselves in a room, either in person or virtually, as uh, Moshi and Chris do, and talk through all the issues that they need to to get on the same page. Maybe those issues are things that they're not on the same page about. Maybe those issues are something that's coming up that they're concerned that they may get off the same page about so we can proactively deal with those. And then coming out of there, it should last as long as it needs to for you to get back on the same page or to stay on the same page. And then you come out of that meeting, you're locked arm in arm in front of the rest of the organization so that the visionary and integrator are a united front and not showing up as, you know, kind of nipping at each other or disagreeing or, or picking at each other. Sometimes in your level 10 meeting, an issue is going to come up that you'll see the visionary and the integrator disagree about. And a duo that doesn't do a good job of staying on the same page, that happens a lot. And that's really not fair to the rest of the leadership team. You don't want to be, you know, fighting in front of the kids. That's a lot of times what it looks like and what it feels like. It's really painful and irresponsible on the part of the visionary integrator duo if they're doing that. So commit to that same page meeting. Get yourself on the same page. If one of those issues comes up in your level 10 that you're not on the same page on, a lot of times the right answer is to stop talking about it here and kick it to the same page meeting so you can get on the same page before you bring it back to the rest of the leadership team. Okay, so there's a little bit of tool time for you all today as it relates to the Rocket Fuel Toolbox. You know, a couple of things just to kind of wrap it up. If you want to learn more, go to rocketfueluniversity.com. You can take the assessments. If you haven't taken those yet, you can learn more about these tools and others and really join the community, become a part of the community of visionaries and integrators that we have out there trying to make a difference in the world. So thanks for joining us today. And until next time, go Rocket. Your team needs a great boss. Join an upcoming How to Be a Great Boss workshop to learn the skills you need, whether you're a leadership team member or a mid-level manager. You'll learn simple tools and processes to improve your communication skills, create clear expectations, and expertly handle common people issues. Visit eosworldwide.com to register for an upcoming session.